Hello and welcome to Sean White's Solar and Energy Storage Podcast. This week we have Greg Smith of Sunnen Battery. Sunnen is a very well-known energy storage system lithium battery provider. This week's podcast is part one in a series of podcasts with Greg Smith. We are also not finished yet with my series of podcast interviews with entrepreneurial genius Brian Hayden, the co-founder of HeatSpring. So we'll get back to Brian in a bit. Now let's talk about Greg. Today's guest is Greg Smith with Sun and Battery. And Greg is also well known for being the face of SMA training in the USA for some time. It has been a while, but you can still see his videos up on the SMA YouTube channel. I know Greg from at least 10 years ago, seeing him around in the solar industry and at the trade shows. I got to know him first when I was teaching what used to be called NABCEP entry-level classes, but now the entry-level has been renamed as associate. When I was teaching these classes at Solar Universe, which I used to do one week a month, when we were really lucky, SMA would send their best, which means Greg Smith would come to class. I always enjoyed Greg talking to my students, and besides getting a break, I would learn things. In 2014, I was teaching what was my favorite ever class, which was a group of about 20 grid alternative interns in a large yurt at the Solar Living Institute in Mendocino County, California. I'm still friends with some of those interns, great energy, speaking of energy storage. I gave Greg a call to see if he could come and talk to these grid interns, and Greg came in and gave a great talk and was, of course, a hit with these high-energy interns in a yurt. Hey, Greg, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit first? Yeah, Sean, thank you for that awesome introduction. That, at 2014, training at that yurt, uh, that just seems like a million years ago. To be honest, I'd never even heard of a yurt. I didn't even know what that was, but it was such a great time for that training. This industry just seems to attract good people and just so glad to be a part of it. Just to add a little more to your awesome intro, I've been in the industry since May of 2008 when I started working for SMA and I was their senior technical trainer until almost five years ago when I started working for Sonnen. It's been an awesome time in this industry. I know there's a lot of old timers, 12 years is just barely scratching the surface in this industry, but always something going on, always something new to learn. Super stoked, man, that you asked me to give you this interview. And so you were with the Navy, I guess, and mm-hmm. what what was your job with the Navy? Yeah, so I'm a retired submariner. All right. I went in when I was 17 years old. My mom actually had to sign a waiver for me to go in. Yeah, 20 years, submarines. I was actually a sonar tech. Yeah, eyes and ears of the boat, all that hunt for Red October Jonesy stuff. That's what I did. So you were a sonar tech. So that kind of transfers over probably to all the electronics and solar and energy storage. Yeah, there was a lot of similarities. You know, electrons are electrons. They, they work the same way in a solar module, a battery, or a sonar system. Most people in this industry, I didn't have a lot of solar experience. And SMA approached me just via resume that I had put out there for a trainer. And it's like, man, solar, I don't know, solar, sonar, one letter difference. I figure what's the difference, right? Let me give this a shot. (laughs) Yeah, it's been fun, but the electronics background has helped a lot, but there's so much more, you know, as you know, to this industry. Maybe after being down underwater for 20 years, you needed to get closer to the sun, huh? (laughs) yeah that's for sure that is for sure yeah i did a couple of classes for the cbs that was really cool for the Mm. yeah Mm -hmm. construction battalion oh yeah my grandfather was a cb back in world war ii oh great did he know john wayne 
I, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> That's because there's a John Wayne CB movie. You probably saw it. I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I never mentioned running into the Duke. Oh, yeah. Did you? Oh, did you meet him? Or are you? No. Okay. No. <laughs> All right. So you worked for your professional career. You worked for SMA the renewable energy industry. I remember you knew all about Sunny Islands and all that. So that probably was a good transfer to get over to Sonin. And you got there when the energy storage industry was, it was probably a really good time to switch over to energy storage like that. And they're both German companies. So what is it? You like pretzels? <laughs> yeah, I guess I didn't learn my lesson. I went from one German company to another one. I love hanging out with the Germans. They're just, they're awesome people. And I see a lot of similarities between SMA and Sonnen, but it seems Sonnen is different in a lot of ways. It's a younger company. The crowd is a lot younger, but it's still that German core. It's just different working for this company. Of course, the product is different. And the Sunny Island course was my baby when I was at SMA. I just love that thing. And the stuff that we're doing here at Sonnen is really cool. It's very sophisticated stuff. But I'll always have a place in my heart for that little yellow box. Mm -hmm. So let's see, maybe some similarities. The Sonnen is like the Sunny Island, AC coupled, correct? Yes, that is correct. Yeah, we can work with any solar inverter technology. doesn't matter if it's microinverter, string inverter, you know, optimized systems, which uses a string inverter, of course. Um, yeah, all of them. We also can take a direct connection from a generator, which is not something everybody can do, but we're oh, able that's to do cool. that. That was one of my questions I was going to talk to you about. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My brother's got a little cabin in Alaska, and he wants to put a lithium battery there. And I was kind of helping him with that. So maybe he could do that. Another thing, I just kind of looked at some news stories, and there's a lot about Sonin in different countries with virtual power plants, VPPs, such as Australia. Looks like yeah. there's two in New South Wales. There's two different companies that you can do energy storage with out of 300,000 interest-free loans. And they're going to network them all together with a virtual power plant in Australia. And you guys are one of the companies that can do that. So do you hear a lot about that? Working oh, here yeah. In the US? Oh, yeah. I mean, Australia, we, we've got some closer to home, Sean. We just launched one called Soleil Lofts outside of Salt Lake City. We have one in Arizona. We have one in Florida. So virtual power plants is rapidly becoming a large part of our business. I mean, you know, 2,500 homes with, you know, a, an energy storage system just will provide great grid support, you know, no more peaker plants or at least re reduce the need for a peaker plant. But Soleil Lofts is our latest one, and that's probably our crown jewel so far for the U.S. That's pretty cool. So how do you say it again? Soleil? Or how Soleil do you spell Lofts. It? Yeah, S-O-L-E-I-L. -S -S fancy. Mm -hmm. Something <laughs> to do with the sun, it sounds like. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a French sun or something. Mm -hmm. And so a virtual power plant, a lot of people aren't too familiar with that. I know it's bigger in Germany and Australia. So you're networking together everything that you can, especially energy storage, so that you can help smooth out the grid and benefit the grid. But I imagine that the hard part about this is figuring out how people can profit from it to make it worthwhile. How do you see mm. that working? Yeah, and that's definitely, it's always... A lot of politics. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of politics. The utilities 
may or may not be on board with it. You know, the, the Germans are just so much further ahead than we are in renewables. As a matter of fact, Sonnen has the largest VPP in the world with our Sonnen community. And so anybody with a Sonnen unit in Germany can be part of this. And they expanded it to the Sonnen flat rate, which is a, is a play on words. In Europe, apartments are called flats. And what you can do is join the sauna community, even if you don't have a sauna unit, and they virtually share their power. So if you're down in southern Germany and you got a lot of sun, you're just banging it out and you have some excess, you can actually sell your power to somebody in northern Germany where the weather might not be so good and they can buy it from you at a cheaper rate. Or you can have a flat rate for 20 years, depending on you know what, what structure you want to go with. It's an incredible system they have set up over there. And we have a lot of test beds here in the U.S., Soleil Loss being our latest one. And it, the same concept applies. You're going to have this focused area of, I think Soleil Loss is uh, four or 500 homes, each of them with a sauna and battery in it. And at any time, the utilities could pull that power from them for grid support. And then the homeowners would have storage for, you know, power outages and things like that. That's pretty cool. I think Germany, you have one utility. And then in the United States, we have thousands. So, oh, yeah. And all these different public utilities commissions. And a lot of times politicians are not engineers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, in, in Germany, the, the utilities are unregulated, if, if you can imagine such a thing. So, yeah, we've got a lot of utilities here, a lot of munis. And I mean, and you probably run into this too, Sean, when you train. I mean, when I go to the Midwest or you know, I was in, in St. Louis training and there's still inspectors that don't know what they're looking at with solar. And now you're going to throw storage at them. Like there's still a lot of education that needs to be done in this industry. Yeah. 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 What do you see them with the AHJs? authorities having jurisdiction, the inspectors and all that, looking at with the Sonin installations, do you see a lot of problems with that? Like different UL listings for energy storage systems? So it depends on where we go. Like in California, they're pretty educated on it. You know, a lot of places where, where solar has already been established and the storage is maturing, the inspectors are pretty good at it, at least knowing what to look for. But, you know, there's still a lot of them that don't. And so it seems like, I think at one point I read somewhere, we had 3,500 AHJs and who knows how many inspectors there are in each one. So it seems like once you get one inspector comfortable with your system, then another one comes along who isn't. And so you start the whole education process all over again. But the majority of them are comfortable with it. They understand what the UL listing means. But then you got the ones, you know, just like with the solar guys, they open the unit up and point the thing, oh, well, what's this? And what's the listing for that? And what's the listing for mm -hmm. that? And it's just, it becomes a, a nightmare, you know. But like I said, the majority of them, they are very accepting of it as long as you come to them with a good attitude. Yeah. So what you're saying there is that the Sonin is UL listed. So anything that's UL listed, you don't go inside of it and look at the little parts of it. And go, this is different and that's different, you know, and, and yeah. look for a UL listing on every different capacitor or if you, even if you had like a separate inverter in there that was listed separately, if the whole unit is listed, you don't look what's inside. 
yeah, you're preaching to the choir there, but and our unit is a little bit different than say a Powerwall or an LG Chem because all of our stuff is in one box, so to say. Like when you look at a sawing unit, our website or the marketing literature, that white or black box has everything in it, except for you know the gutters and the you know conduit and all that. But but everybody needs that. So the inspectors, to your point, when we open the unit and they see the battery inverter, we have this internal 200 amp transfer switch, automatic transfer switch inside. So they'll point to that and say, well, is that listed? And then is that listed? And it's like, well, dude, the entire thing was listed to 9540. So that means everything inside here has been tested. So yeah, we do run into some inspectors who don't understand that and they they get a little nitpicky but we haven't had anybody just downright no we don't want this installed here so i I thought the unit looks kind of nice there does it play netflix like Mm. i see them in the living rooms and all that in your pictures (laughs) i know yeah that's we we kind of get some flack about that on the marketing literature you know and this thing is right next to this mother and her their daughter on the back of the couch and i'm flying like an airplane and Is it loud and what kind of heat does it make? And I mean, yeah, it's marketing, right? That's a Photoshopped image. However, our Soli Lofts install, all of those sawing units are actually inside the apartments. They're inside the unit. So there are people on a couch with our energy storage unit, you know, five, six, seven feet away while they're watching TV. I guess because you're lithium too, the efficiency for lithium is so much better than lead acid that you're not going to be making waste heat. Yeah, that's right. And lead acid got us a long way. And there's a lot of good applications for lead acid, but there are so many advantages to lithium. I had an idea for you guys, like the the German company, like the Volkswagen Beetle, put a flower vase on it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The logo that you see on the unit, it actually glows. And so I have one of these in my garage. And when I go out there, like I don't even need to turn the lights on because that LED you know, it's so bright that it lights up the whole place. Uh huh. So you probably don't want to put it next to your bed. No, there's a way to turn it off though, but yeah, it's, it gets pretty bright. Uh huh. Nice to be able to see in the garage. Mm -hmm. So I I was going to just like talking a little bit about a little bit more about lithium. There's all these different lithium technologies. It's the fast growing part of the industry. They're mass producing them for cars. And so I guess, first of all, do you consider lithium safe? Oh, of like course. what do you tell people? I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's there's predominantly two types of lithium ion chemistries, right? You have what we use is called LFP or lithium iron phosphate, and then you have NMC, which is a mouthful to say, but it's nickel, manganese, cobalt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those are the two predominant chemistries. There are other ones. There's probably five or six more depending on the source that you use. But in general, lithium ions are safe. They're, they're safe batteries to use. And we have to get over the stigma of, you know, the, the hoverboards and the, the galaxy, you know, those kind of things, because it's a, a totally different application when we use these in a stationary storage application, like, well, like anybody that uses lithium technology. And, while all the lithium is safe, there are some that are safer than others. NMC and LFP, like I said, I, I don't want to scare people, but 
the you know anything is going to catch on fire if it gets hot enough. You know? Yeah, and if you're storing energy, I mean, it could it could get released in any way with storing energy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And like with like, did you know like with in the 20th century, they used to let gasoline cars. It's 33 kilowatt hours per gallon. That's 66 cheeseburgers per gallon of energy. That um, so that would be like you could have two SUVs in a garage and have a megawatt hour sitting there ready to go off with a match. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Oh and wait, I think they still let you do that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's inherently they're all safe, right? Everybody's got safeguards. It's just the the lithium iron phosphate has this built-in ability to not hit a, a thermal runaway on its own, right? Like you could puncture a lithium iron phosphate cell and nothing would happen. If you did the same thing to an NMC chemistry, well, you would get the explosion and the, the cool stuff that you see on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yep. But that doesn't mean they're unsafe. And, and while the two chemistries have that difference, I, I just, I don't like to go around and purport that, right? Because yeah. Because the, they can they can build them all safe, like they just have to make sure that if one goes off, it doesn't make its neighbor explode too. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It's pretty amazing seeing all this stuff take off, and the price go down, and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. We have the electric cars to thank for that. Like if it wasn't for them, lithium prices would still be way way up there. I mean, the the prices have come down. I mean, depending on the source that you use, like, you know, 80% in the last five years, that's, it's incredible. Yeah. It's kind of like solar. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. A lot of people say that energy storage is the new PV. Mm. Yeah. In some ways I hope that's true. And in some ways I don't. <laughs> Do you notice like speaking of cars and all that, is it hard to get a hold of the lithium batteries? Like, you know, to get hold of all these cells because the car companies are trying to grab them up and get market share for their car companies. Yeah, that is true. However, NMC, the chemistry that I was talking about before, that's what's used in like LG Chem and of course Tesla. So while those batteries may be hard to get, you know, while you may have a hard time trying to get a Tesla Powerwall or an LG Chem, you probably wouldn't have a hard time getting a, a storage system that uses LFP batteries because LFP is not used in electric vehicles. So there's like a lot of different companies. Some of them almost never heard of selling the LFP. And by the way, too, for people out there, F is for iron. It's the word ferrous on the periodic table of elements. And so for the LFP batteries, has Sonin been around the longest or, you know, has yes. got the biggest footprint at least, I guess? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it's We've been around the long. We've been doing this for 10 years. As a matter of fact, we just went over 10 years as a global company in Germany. And we've been in the United States for five years now. And Sonnen has been doing this type of intelligent energy management longer than anyone. This is the end of part one of a series of podcasts with Greg Smith of Sun and Battery. Thanks again for listening to Sean White's Solar and Energy Storage Podcast. Tune in next week for more. And if you are interested in learning more about solar and energy storage, tune your browser into solarsean.com. Over and out.